0: Welcome everybody to Mavs Moneyball After Dark, or as I'm calling it until Josh comes back, Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. We're here on, what day is it? Monday? Yeah, it's Monday. After the Mavericks beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 127 to 106, it was a fairly thorough beatdown, though the Mavericks let the Thunder inch back into the game. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of one of these games where... The Mavericks held on, you know, uh, sort of just looked to sleep at the wheel early on. The Thunder have so many guys out due to injuries, and I'm putting that in quotations, followed by uh, you know actual injuries that that there really wasn't, you know, a, a, the Mavericks didn't have a lot of incentive to play hard, as much as I hate to say that out loud, and it showed in the early goings as the Mavericks sort of let them hang around. Uh, Pokeshevsky really took it to the Mavericks, as did uh, second round. Um, I guess they have him listed as a point guard, but I thought he was more of a forward. Theo Maladon played really well for the Thunder. Former Maverick Isaiah Roby uh, got the start. He had 12 points and nine boards against the Mavericks. But, you know, eventually the, the sheer talent of the Mavericks wore out over time. And in the th- third quarter, the Mavericks uh, really, you know, blew the kind of blew the doors um, off the Thunder and took control of the game. And in the fourth quarter, we actually got to see a lot of the rookies. And as Matt Phillips pointed out in the chat, uh, Luca and KP fix a lot, and that is absolutely true. Um, all right, because there's, you know, really not a ton to discuss from this game, I'm gonna just going to start bringing people up because I'd like to do a little bit of shorter runs tonight because, frankly, folks, I would like to go to sleep at some point. All right, first up here, uh, I'm going to invite Christian on, but please put your requests in, and we will see what's going on. Christian, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you, Kirk? Oh, you know, a win is a win, and it's really nice to actually get one early. feels feels good after the past two frustrating losses. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much we can take away from this game other than Luka Doncic is good. Uh, I enjoy seeing um, Chris Stapp's Porzingis play basketball when he's kind of in a, a very defined role. He did some very nice rim running. And, you know, in uh, fun stats, just for everybody who's listening, that's the first game the Mavericks have won where uh, uh, Josh Richardson has scored less than 10 points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that
0: that's what, I mean, in
1: the first half, I mean, the one thing, I guess, a negative was just Luka was – playing some very lazy defense. Um, very. But, you know, he, in,
0: him and Powell got carved up.
1: Yeah, and it, it was just like he wasn't even really – like he was going around a screen and then just like started talking to the ref with his hands in the air, and it let his man just roll right to the bucket. Um, but, you know, all in all, we won by what, you know, 20-something. It was – I think the, the highlight for me was – actually seeing josh green out there get some actual run you know both when it wasn't a complete blowout and uh there towards the end because you know you could tell when uh someone tries to take it to him he's just a very stout uh defender and you know he's got a grown man's body for
0: being as young as he is um yeah and he really so, looks yeah. like a football player at times on the floor. He's really broad, like just such a like a like a thick-armed guy. It's so funny. My my wife was making not making fun of is not correct, but she was actually asking if if is getting like the proper nutrition because watching those two human beings next to each other, it's just like completely different bodies. And and you know, like Green is just a big guy, but he's still it's like the skill level there is, is it was nice to see him play hard because he does play hard all the time. I just think he's worried he's going to be put in Rick Carlisle's phantom zone.
1: Yeah, he really does. And I think one of the the kind of other piece and then, you know, I'll, I'll give other people a chance uh, to speak. But was the fact that, you know, kind of why I think a lot of us are frustrated. And, if, you know, I don't mean to speak for everybody, but. You know, when we rest Luka and we rest KP, especially when we rest both against teams like this that are, you know, extremely winnable games, like the last time uh, we kind of rested in OKC off the, I can't remember, before the All-Star break, after, can't really remember, but it's like they don't need to really play huge minutes. You know, I think they play like 27 and maybe 28 or something, but it's, you know, let's get these wins where we can, because we are getting further and further away uh, from the six or the fifth and sixth seed. And I think this is kind of just screams why uh, we want them to play, or at least one of them to play to get those winnable games. Hopefully don't play them very uh, much and it can
0: lead to results like this. And, you know shout out to Melly yeah no it's it's a, that that I, I think those are really really good observations i uh, there's you know the the stuff about the big picture is is I'm trying I'm gonna try not to go down my path tonight but I think you're right and getting a big win was was something to look forward to and Melly was really a nice bonus i I, I agree with that so all right let's see who else I can bring up Cameron how are you doing?
2: Oh, yeah, no, I'm doing really good. Uh, I actually just wanted to come on and really just talk about, you know, the trade deadline and how, you know, a lot of people seem to be up in arms about how lackluster our movement may have been. But really the only thing uh, that I see in the trades that we made is that, you know, again, last year we were historically one of the most efficient offenses, you know, Um, In history. And I think that adding Melly and JJ Redick um, gives, you know, because I feel like at times too many players are sharing too much responsibility. Like we, we spread, um, you know, Dorian and Cleaver to do things that they're not really supposed to be doing, but they can on a good night. Sure. Uh, I just feel like adding these players to the roster, even though they might get less than ten minutes of play, or maybe even at times less than seven minutes of play, will you know take those you know uh, sagging legs and tired shooting arms to the point where we can be highly efficient all the time.
0: It's really important that they work on getting some of the fringe, and uh, mm-hmm. not even fringe, but basically away from the the KP Luca guys. Can't be playing thirty eight minutes a night, and that's been happening. So any sort of, even if it is like you said, five, seven, ten minutes, that like le- that sort of levels that load over time. I think is 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 pretty important. I, I, I like I like that thought a lot. Um, what else do you have for me? Because we do have a number of folks that would like to come. No up
2: problem. Um, so going into the off season, there are a lot of tradable pieces, and that was like. Not to bring up the trade deadline again, but just so many pieces had moved and now found their destination for the time being. Now, looking forward into the offseason, the list seems to be a whole lot shorter. And what do you think, um, out of all the possibilities of routes we could go, what do you think, um, you know, the biggest hole we have is, you know, moving forward wise into the offseason? Because the list is getting specifically shorter, as well as the time frame to find. You know, and I'm not the one to scream, I'll get Luca help, but I'm just saying everyone can get better, you know. So what what do you think that uh, we could do?
0: So this is kind of a a boring answer, but I think they simply have to improve the quality of depth. Um, We were all really – let's just use Jalen Brunson as an example. We were all super high on him for about four weeks, and we should have been. He was playing out of his mind. And then he kind of came back down to earth a little bit, and – you know when you they just need one or two more guys who feel a little more reliable. Going back to last season, I think it's fair to say Dorian finney Smith was playing a little too high on the on the roster where the man is just they, they assume a lot from him. Mm-hmm. and it's really difficult. So I, I think they just have to find some depth. Um, I know a lot of people really want them to go find a third star. I don't know if I feel that way. I don't know if that feels real. Like I, 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 there's, there's just a lot of, of optionality that I think they're going to be able to chase. So that's sort of where I am at the moment because I don't want to see like Rick Carlisle pretty has a pretty long track record of playing like 10, 11 guys throughout the season. And he's just not been able to, because a lot of the guys self-selected themselves out of the lineup. I mean, as much as I think he's unfair to uh Josh green, for example, um, a few of the guys that have just like sort of shown themselves to be, you know, uh borderline unplayable at times. Like Burke has just been terrible. For example. Powell. And, yeah. Powell's another good example. And, and they just keep and we can't have, that's kind of my main thing. It's like, I don't really care about who, but they need to find something, some, some more. Uh, they, there's too many good options out there. So that's, that's kind of my, my, my main thought at the moment. Um, Well, I appreciate you coming up here. I'm going to bring on a couple more folks. I hope you come back another time. So yeah, thanks for coming up. All right. So the next guy we got on here is Jim Andrews in his fantastic Luka Doncic Jersey. Jim, how are you? Hey, Kirk, the Larry David of math Twitter. How's it going? (laughs) I'm okay. Thank you for that. That, I could take that about 10 different ways and each way I will accept. So I appreciate
3: that. Oh goodness. That's, that's lovely. Um, I wanted to talk about Dorian Finney-Smith. I know he's plus 32 for tonight, uh, has about a 10 PER for the season. Dwight Powell has a 12 PER, $4 million contract uh, per year. uh, So like 12 million overall. Um, We're severely lacking. And I've heard you talk about in previous locker rooms that um, he's not really individually talented. Um, when it comes to playoff rotation, uh, how are we going to improve as a team at that three uh, three position when we have the Kawhis, the PG's, um, LeBron's even defensively? Because he did a good job tonight defensively, but it was against average defenders. And I feel like the fans overall are getting the sense of, oh, my gosh, he's just doing this really wonderful job defensively. He has this... I, there's this idea that he's a good defensive player, but like he hasn't really proven it,
0: unless it's like James Harden. I mean, you're you're preaching out of my my playbook here because it was right before the playoffs last year. I had on a string of, of, of podcasts. One of the one of the guests ended up being Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer, who was a former Mavs Moneyball employee before he he left us for greener pastures. He told me specifically that he thought that the mavericks would go as far as dorian finney smith takes them which is a very sort of (laughs) it's kind of a dark (laughs) thing to say out loud but it's not yeah exactly it's not his fault they're asking a little too much of him i mean if you look at his stat line tonight he's a plus 32 and you know okay he had 12 points that's nice uh two two one rebound which is incredible because he's actually a pretty good rebound and two assists somebody in the in the Mavericks Moneyball slack said he's the uh the guy who puts their name on the group project but didn't do anything. And I don't think that's fair. I mean, he's he's pretty important to what they what they need in, in terms of going places, like you mentioned, but he's gonna be the cap. And it's it's very frustrating for me because I've killed the guy for like four years and it's just not his fault. He's a success story. He has absolutely right. maximized every inch of of his talent. And then the Mavericks just kind of look at it and go, eh. And I and that's probably not fair that assumption, but I, I you know swingman is is the most talent like talent heavy position in the league, and it's, it will remain wild to me that the Mavericks have, have decided that this is the position you know this is the way they're going to go. So I don't know,
3: right? Um, and It's just yeah. Sorry. Good. Uh, well, it's just like I feel like Maxi is kind of our good three and D guy at mm-hmm. the current moment but he's, like, definitely a better interior defender than he
0: is a a perimeter defender. Uh, But uh, that's just me. I think it depends on the matchup. Like, when you watch him play against Zion, he just gets eaten alive. But then there are other games where I'm like, he can't guard anybody on the outside. So, yeah, I I know what you mean, though. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. Thank you for joining me up here. Um, I'm going to bring on some other folks. We've got a nice packed room. I hope you come back for a different time, Jim. All right, so I'm going to bring up Ian next, and look, guys, I'm going to try to get to everybody because we actually move along pretty nice in this room. Ian, how's it going? Ian, what you got for me? Got to hit that mute button in the bottom right. No? Okay, Ian, I'll bring you up a little bit later if you've got something for me. All
4: right. Matt, thanks for joining again. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, Like I said, Luca and KP fix a whole lot.
0: It really does, doesn't it? And Luca didn't even look like he cared that much and still threw up a 25-7-3 and three line, you know?
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing I did think today, I thought the ball moved. It wasn't so much Luca creating every single shot. Like, I felt like he had more hockey assists today, and we just moved the ball better as a team. Right. Right. One thing... and, and Go ahead. Yeah, so one of the things I do like about Josh Green when we play him is that I feel like a lot of times we get super dependent on Luca running the pick and roll with Dorian in one corner, Maxi in the opposite wing and Richardson in the, in the strong side wing and no one moves. They just run the pick and roll. And then KP either pops occasionally rolls and just no one moves. One of the things I really like about Josh green and that I was hoping for with JJ Redick is that he moves and Luca thrives in chaos. Like, the more the more movement and everything, he is really good at finding people in little in-between moments. And it makes sense to simplify reads when you have a point guard or a ball handler who can't really handle all of that. But with Luka, we don't need to do that. And that's one of the things I love about Josh Green is just how much he moves.
0: Yeah, There's a lot of standing on almost all the Maverick stuff, which was... Fairly different from last year, and I think the thing that, that – I, I can't remember the guy's name who came over from Utah, but I would like to see some uh, – I don't want to call it outright criticism, but just sort of questioning of it because Steven Silas really plugged a lot of, you know, little off-ball actions which would happen away from, like, Lucas' high screen and roll that would get the defense kind of thinking a little more. And I just love the fact that Josh Green is is kind of this agent of chaos on offense because – there's just so much standing whenever it's Luka and KP. But I mean, you know, tonight against kind of a lackluster defense, it was it was fun to see. Um, it was fun to see Luca kind of get to the basket in ways where he rarely gets all the way to the rim these days. You know, Porzingis hit early shots, which sort of made the whole uh, the whole Oklahoma City defense panic. You know, Porzingis scored twelve in the first and only finished with with 20 total, but he was, you kind of feel his fingerprints all over the game because they just didn't know what to do with him. Um, it was, it was, it was fun to watch.
4: Oh, I thought KP was fantastic. I mean, his numbers are not always super important. It's just one. The biggest thing for me is always, how is he moving and how much is he competing defensively? Which obviously he had the one possession where he blocked. I think it was Moses Brown twice. And I mean, he just looked really good defensively. I thought he used his length. Well, um, also, speaking of length, uh, since I said the other day about the Mavs not admitting when they were wrong, uh, I was super adamant that Poku was never a prospect at all. And he certainly hasn't made it yet, but uh, he has way more talent than I thought he did. he it, It's like he's kind of playing a different sport. He doesn't seem to it, – it, it's
0: like he doesn't know how to play basketball, but he's channeling this ability where he is just wild. Like Rick Carl would murder him. So there's really – Oh, yeah. Like – you know, that part of it is kind of thrown out the window. But the fact that he's out there on the floor doing some of these things, that third quarter ball fake and drive to the rim to start the quarter over, like, past KP, I was like, what in the world? Dudes just don't do that. But, man, is he a – he if he fills out at all,
4: he's going to be a problem.
0: I really yeah. enjoy watching
4: the chaos he brings. Yeah, he absolutely wouldn't have played here. So it wouldn't matter if we'd have dropped him at all. He would have never gotten to play. But – just to be that long and that coordinated is really special. And I mean, he has, he definitely is. I was wrong. He is a much better prospect than I thought he was.
0: Well, thank you for joining. I'm going to bring on a couple more people. So I appreciate you stopping you? by again. Hey, man. Right.
5: Oh, I'm doing better than I deserve. How are you, Kirk? Uh,
0: you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we can't complain for a Monday. We can't complain. You know, I wanted to bring up
5: one thing I really liked today. You know, I know we, you know, probably can't take too much away from the game, uh, you know, with everything, you know, the situation with OKC. It's like um, an all-star G League team. But, you know, I was really happy actually seeing Melly out there with Green. You know, I think one thing we talk about a lot that kind of frustrates us is uh, the effort um, that the Mavs play with sometimes. So, you know, I, I actually was really refreshing watching this guy just moving around at like 100 miles per hour. And, you know, I... Granted, these guys will make mistakes, green, they're young, but I just love seeing some of these Mavericks who go out there and they play with 110%. And you know what? Maybe it's a, it's an infectious thing. So, I mean, I would like to see it more. And it's just – it was so nice having a guy like Melly out there that you're just watching this guy fly around, not getting discouraged or lackadaisical. And I, I just thought that was a refreshing thing to see as a Mavs
0: fan. Well, I, I made a really terrible joke in game of, uh, of the, the – what was it the infinity war GIF where spider-man is hugging on to to iron man saying i don't want to go like that's melly in his nba career because that man has been bad so (laughs) he he needs to show a little bit of something to show that he deserves a different contract of course he can go back to europe and play but he he just played hard and that's sort of something that has been lacking from the mavericks this year and there's a theory in i don't remember who i saw posting it during the game that Maybe Luca's pace can get these guys out of things a little bit because Luca likes to slow it way down. And that can, you know, really rob them of of easy scoring ability because he likes to survey the floor and see what's up. Whereas Melly was out there and was just kind of an agent of chaos because he hadn't really played in the offense before. He was setting screens, he was crashing the offensive glass. There's a little bit of everything. And uh, also him wearing number 44, and maybe this is because I'm extremely old, Threw me off like nobody's business because Austin Crozier wore that. Sean Bradley wore it. There's just like a, it, it, he didn't not look like Luca from far away. So there's just like a lot going on with him. But I I really enjoyed seeing him uh, seeing him get some minutes. He wasn't bad.
5: Yeah, yeah. And your don't forget your favorite uh, Justin Jackson uh, wore uh, wore 44 as well. But oh I uh, <laughs> you know. Well, Liz, actually, you know, one thing I actually want to piggyback off is something Cameron said earlier, and then I'll I'll get out of here. And maybe some guys in the chat could kind of give their opinion on it as well. You know, we talk about free agency. I know there's a lot of names brought up. You know, I'm kind of in the camp of not really wanting a third star. You kind of watch the way Luca plays, and it's almost like, uh, you know, you probably don't need it. You probably need to cater to what he's doing. And I kind of wanted to throw out the name Duncan Robinson a little. I know he's a, re- a restricted free agent. But, you know, if you could get him on something like that Joe uh, Harris contract, it's like, you're trying to look at what makes sense with Luka. You know, I don't necessarily think – there's a lot of things this team needs. But, I mean, what would you think about the kind of addition like that? You know, you mentioned depth, reliability, you know, a knockdown shooter. I, don't, I'm, I wanted to see what people thought about Duncan Robinson, if we could
0: snag him from the heat. I mean, offensively, he's all the fun. And I see Zach Navari, who's joined us for a number of these, saying we, need, we don't need any more defensive liabilities. The basketball person in my brain agrees with that take that we don't need more defensive liabilities. The person who just likes watching unbridled offensive chaos is really into it and you know just the white boy summer jokes that would occur if Duncan Robinson became a maverick is is really out there. Um, I don't know if they can actually afford him because I really think his level of shooting is going to like just drive the market. like he's gonna end up someplace kind of weird, I think. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Where I am with that, because it, he, he, he adds to a strength. And, and I listen to a lot of football podcasts, even though I don't watch football. And one of the things, or I don't watch a ton of football, one of the things that they talk about in Football Free Agency is like building on strengths, where if you have a good defensive line, adding to it just really makes the jobs of everybody else easier. I don't think that really translates in basketball, but I wish it would, because if the Mavericks could just go out and be a threat to hang 130 every night, at a certain point, the defense just stops mattering. And if you're going to have Luca out there, even though he tries on defense, and you have KP, who can be a world-changing defensive player, but apparently just isn't interested in that outside of certain segments of games, you know, they're they're going to have to outscore people. So I don't know. I mean, the, the Mavs don't care what we think. But I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it just from, like, a chaos attempt. Um, but yeah, thanks for stopping by again. I appreciate it. Anytime. All right, up next, I'm going to bring on who we got here. We got Josh Branch. Josh, how are you?
6: Oh, wait, hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Awesome. Uh, thanks for having me on, and awesome to be part of this uh, fan group that's the highest uh, or big, biggest growing fan base in the locker room at the moment. So this Yeah, was that was fun. fun to
0: read. That was fun yeah. to read. I like to think it's specifically because of us. Don't listen to Nick. Or those guys who do them in the middle of the day. It's all us. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. Um,
6: so I feel like I, I need – the. I actually need to go to the therapist about Porzingis because, like, he did good, but I'm looking at what he went up against, so I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't want that false hope. Like, what, what do you make of his game today? I mean, if if he could play against the, the Thunder
0: or the Timberwolves, he'd be an all-NBA all guy. Look, I kick the crap out of Porzingis because he is not quite the player he thinks he is. But there's also something to be said about positive momentum. And he really looked good and did what Dallas asked of him outside of a few moments like that second quarter. Somebody pointed out his, his repeated defensive lapses. So I think what we really have to do with him is take the good. In this case, it was mostly good. And I really would have loved, like, he had five first-half assists. That's ties his career high, which he's had, like, five or six times. I really think it was funny that he came out firing three-pointers in the second half as opposed to assist hunting. That just kind of shows you what's important to his game. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't
6: know, it's overall, it's got to be a good thing. I, I hope so. Like, I, I feel like he does this too many times. Where, like, you'll have, like, this, like, good game. And then we're all like back on the KP train. And then like we'll have like this stretch where we all like question if we should trade him or not, like we did earlier this year. It's just up and down with him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, you know what? Let, I, I think that he was so good defensively last year that we took for granted and really, com- and at least me, I complained about his inconsistent offense while taking for granted his defense. <laughs> and this year, I've sort of, I've sort of kind of grown to love the fact that. He can have an okay offensive game so long as he cares on defense because the Mavericks – you know, Bobby Corral tweeted this out. The Mavericks, as long as they aren't playing like one of the bottom five defenses in the league on a given night – they win, like, 80% of their games. The games where they've lost that almost always have been playing with, like, a defensive rating that matches the bottom three or four or five teams in the league. I can't remember the specifics, so something pretty brutal. So, you know, with KP, I really do think you just have to take the good with the bad. All right, Josh, I'm going to bring up one more person, and then I may get on out of here. So thank you for joining us. Um, Devin, what's going on? Devin. You got anything for us? No, that's okay. All right, if you want to, if you want to talk again, click back in. Uh, I'm going to bring on Jesse then. Jesse, how are you? Hey, Kirk. We spend all day on this thing, don't we?
6: Yeah, I have a problem.
0: It's okay. Uh, it's a good. It's, it's it's a fun app when you're just like hopping in and out
6: of rooms, listening to people talk. Right. My uh, my thoughts on the game were. Uh, we were able to get whatever we wanted inside. Unfortunately, Poku was also able to do like a lot of <laughs> stuff inside and that uh, it was fun to watch him though. But like, you know, I, I was, I w I want to say here, I was wrong about Melly. I didn't think he would play all season and he came in, obviously it was a blowout, but he looked like he was comfortable out there. Luca looked really happy when he hit that one three. Yeah. Um, so, I really like that, and Luca was really able to dance his way to the cup, like all through the like first half, like towards the end of the first half, it was insane. But the one thing I really wanted to say was, uh, I really think we have to do whatever we can to get Tim Hardaway Jr., especially when everyone's like throwing, you know, Duncan Robinson's name. If you look at their statistics, like on the same around the same amount of attempts, they shoot the same percentage. I think we're really sleeping on uh, THJ's contributions this year and I think if we actually had a couple more starting level players on the team they don't necessarily need to be stars but I think it will make it a lot easier for us to like stomach some of these other things but like if we don't resign THJ I think we're gonna have a really big rude awakening next year offensively I do, too,
0: and it's really upsetting, but I'm also not in the mental place to really think about that right now because, you know, I I, I tease... Uh, if anybody doesn't listen, or Lauren Gunn and Brian Zillam do their own locker room, and then Lauren does her own podcast, and I tease Lauren a little bit because she's always kind of looking ahead, I, I got to enjoy this right now as much as one can enjoy, like, the in-and-out chaos of what we're dealing with. So, there's... Let's see how these next six or seven games go. So I was looking at the schedule, and I probably do this every every podcast we throw out. So you guys are gonna have to forgive me, but I just can't remember this stuff. So the Mavericks play Boston on a nationally televised game, and I think Boston just got shellacked tonight. Um, yeah, the uh, the oh yeah, the Pelicans beat 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 the Celtics. That makes makes me feel a little bit better. Then we play. The, the the Knicks and what will be a big game just for KP's brain because the Mavericks haven't beaten the Knicks since KP's been on the team. Then they play the Wizards. And, and so these next three games are going to be fairly telling to me. The yeah. Mavericks can get on a run. I'm going to feel pretty good about where they're heading towards the second half of the season because they have a pretty balanced schedule where they got, you know, one or two easy games and one hard game kind of thing. And if, if they can go somewhere, then I, I think it, it – it changes sort of the the conversation around the team because NBA narrative is almost more important than what happens on the floor. I hate that, but it's true. And if the Mavericks can be positioned as a team that is either a threat to be a top six team or an actual top six team in the West, then that kind of changes how they're discussed. Because like, I don't want to play the Pelicans in the playing game. Like, that's not something that interests me. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll, I don't either. It's kind of horrifying to be honest with how easily they dispatched the Mavericks, even though the Mavericks were without Luke and KP. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of ways this could go. I feel pretty positive at the moment. Um, do you but, think to, you know, win no matter Asian what team we,
6: will do that? Yeah. Do you think no matter what we do, we're pretty much just going to be in the first round and out? Like really, at this point, like no matter where we go, it's like if we rest, if we don't rest, we do this, we're always we're going to end up in the same place, no matter what.
0: Um, yes. I mean, that's like the nihilist take, but if, you know, you you go look at the minutes and you look at the kind of rotation and the fact is they're going to be playing a lot of the same guys, except, you know, maybe Brunson will be playing. There's just not, some of this could be matchup dependent. I just, I don't really think the Mavericks match up that well against the, you know, anybody in the top five, but that's great. That can change. I mean, Luca, like Luca, gets up for big time games. It, it's that's why you know watching him against Minnesota and then watching him tonight. There's just he seems to be entering the okay, all right, let's get on with it already point in the season. Which you know I feel for him, but you know we have you know, another twenty games to
6: finish. So yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate it, Kirk. I'm gonna sit sure down. thing, man. Appreciate you coming on.
0: All right, before we get out of here, we're going to take one more guy. We're going to invite Jason up on stage. Jason is our conscience in that he is probably the most level-headed person who appears up on the stage here with me. Jason, what's up?
7: Jason, you there? We learned how to win games when Luca and KP play.
0: That's simple. <laughs> wow, amazing, guys. The good, the good players make the team good.
7: Yeah, I mean, okay, I wasn't here in the past locker room, so I don't know how That's the, for the best. has been. But I think, I mean, Mavs Twitter has been kind of a dumpster fire. But from what, this is my opinion on the whole resting guys thing, which is that if we're going to lose in the first round, you might as well make sure our players are healthy and they're not going to get injured into the offseason. So, like, yeah. I understand. And, like, okay, I think the Mavs are generally, like, from what I understand, they're decently smart in their injury their trainers, like, I've heard good things about their training staff, just in terms of injury preventment and whatnot. So it's like, I think they know what they're doing in the sense that it probably makes sense that you don't want to overstress guys too much. And you don't want guys, like, playing, like, like I don't know, like, have you looked at this? I don't know how much, how much people have looked at the schedule, but the Mavs play so many back-to-backs to end the season. It's kind of insane. And that is kind of horrifying, honestly, because Luca is always, I swear I watch him every single game, and he's like always lipping around, he's just moving himself around, and he gets the place he can, but it feels like it takes a little bit extra out of him, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just really scared if Luca gets injured, because this team is doomed. So like, (sighs) okay, take a couple losses (laughs) here and there. It is what it is. We're not going anywhere this year. Like, if we, I don't know, if we get the six games or seven games to the playoffs in the first round, I'd be thrilled. We don't have good matchup with any of the top five, six teams. Just get to the offseason, try to make sure KP's healthy, and he can actually improve and have a healthy offseason, where Maybe he can learn how to post up or, like, figure out, you know, if someone's double-teaming him in the post, maybe pass out or something. But, you know, if we actually get a healthy offseason, and, I don't know, I'm probably... I'm also pessimistic on what's going to happen to off season, but get to the off season, get healthy, and I don't know. Like it's, it's, we're in for the long haul. Like Luca, I heard, I heard some of that. I heard some of that interview you had with that Slovenian podcast host, and it's, it's going to be. We're going for the long haul. I think Luca is decently loyal. If we put a, if we put a team around him where we're competing for the playoffs, we're competing for a top four seed. You can. I think there is some ability for the front office and the team to just say COVID fucked us and just move on with it. I think that's a valid excuse. Like, sure. I feel like we I feel like we've ignored this kind of, but COVID is a valid excuse. We just ignore that. We're fucked. The team, the team got fucked by the COVID. Let's just come back next year and just that's just good for your mental state. Just erase this year and just okay next year we can build on it. All these guys have been here for a year and let's try to make something happen next year.
0: I mean, I think there's some va- I think there's some merit to that. I think some of the thoughts being that you know this is such a weird year where things can happen. I mean, I know everybody is so kind of bullish on Anthony Davis, for example, coming back and the Lakers just going on a roll and as you know fans of the Southwest Division, all of us know Anthony Davis has made a paper mache. And, and Achilles is not something you want to mess around with. So there's just lots – there's enough for the Mavericks can talk themselves into the fact that they might be able to do something. I, I, I don't mean, know if – go ahead.
7: I, I actually agree with that in the sense that – I mean, you look at the standings and, like, if Dallas gets to six, there's a decent chance they face, I don't know, Denver or Portland. And, yeah. like, I don't hate those matchups. I, 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 I actually think Denver... it's versus Portland. Like, as crazy gets scenes with Dame – but like, I actually think this team in the playoffs, Luca will get up for it, and I think Luca is better than Dame in the end. So I think Luca can. Yes, Dame had the better team around him, but that's fine. And Denver, maybe Aaron Gordon is just bad and bitches implode. I don't know.
0: Well, here's a here's a fun stat. This is what's nice about being in like group chats with people like Seth Partnow from the Athletic. Portland is a negative thirty-three on the year. Like, they're at some point, and granted, I don't know if this actually happens because Dame feels very Dirk-like, they're at some point due for, like, a slight regression somewhere. They're, they they have a negative point differential in the other top five. Like, that is ridiculous. They they just keep winning all these clutch time games, and at a certain point, that that has to revert, even though I don't know if it's going to this year. But that's kind of where I am, where I think if, if they get in the right place, maybe maybe they go with it. But like you mentioned that, and in, in the the chat is talking about how I, I how the Mavericks are probably just essentially trying to split back to backs, and that I get why, but it just drives me nuts because this is the this is the hand they've been dealt, and I don't want to see them walk into a chain, you know walk into like they did in the bubble where they just kind of felt they it felt preordained like they were going to play the Clippers. I don't want to see that because I think that you give Luka Doncic the right matchup and he's a killer. And that's, you know, that's what can happen with this team. But, you know, maybe the big picture is where they're at. I'm not sure. There's just so many things that happen night in, night out, where it's truly bizarre that Tim Hardaway Jr. is the third most reliable player on the team. Maybe, you know, behind like Jalen Brunson. I mean, I'm putting KP like fourth, at least offensively. So, I don't know, but it's it's nice to get a win. I think everybody should feel a little better about that. Clear your heads. And the Mavericks can go take on, uh, the Celtics on Wednesday, who are you know, not really in the best play, best of places health-wise, if, if I'm understanding what's going on with with their team. So we'll see what's, what's going on here in a couple of days. So um, before we cut on out of here, I wanted to note a couple of things. Um, while Josh is on leave, I'm probably going to keep doing these for the podcast. So for the podcast listeners, I appreciate my patience, your patience with me on these, because I know that these sorts of chats aren't for everybody. I will probably continue to do these throughout the regular season if I have kind of the bandwidth since they're the earlier in the evening. We no longer have like repeated 10 p.m. games on the on the East Coast. Um, I don't know if I'll be posting them all as podcasts just because I do kind of like talking with you guys, but I, I, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there, maybe kind of mixing and matching, cutting it up. But I do hope that you guys like doing these. I'm, I'm getting a nice reception from it. As you guys saw that locker room, or you may or may not have seen this, but in the past two or three weeks, the Dallas Mavericks led all teams in terms of locker room activity. And that is in no small part because of you guys joining these every single time I do them because I've hopped in the other ones and we've done some pretty good numbers. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys want to come up on stage. And if you don't, uh, that's okay. I like reading your comments. It's a lot of, um, a lot of multitasking and i appreciate those of you for helping me handle the troll earlier i'm probably gonna gonna knock him out all right guys this was uh, uh or i mean i'm gonna knock him out of the podcast that's not what i actually meant that's a strange way to end a podcast um <laughs> we'll talk to you guys on wednesday night this has been kirk henderson with mavs Moneyball after dark though at this point we, we might have to rename it mavs group therapy everybody have a good start
4: to your week